Welcome to Digital Hospitality. I am your host, Sean Walchef. This is a Cali BBQ Media production. Since we started this show back in 2017, we have been on a relentless pursuit to find people, humans, leaders that are playing the game within the game when it comes to making businesses digital. So brick and mortar businesses, how do you make them digital? Being digital first. And then people that love hospitality. No matter who they are, no matter their background, hospitality heroes, um, whether they're in technology, whether they're humans in real life. And, you know, we've put on so many different shows and it's connected us with people all over the globe. If you're new to the show, welcome. I hope to meet you in person one day. Um, if you're not new to the show, if you come every week, we're grateful for your support over all these years. Uh, today, I have a special guest. His name's Chris Fletcher. He is the founder and CEO of Tech on Toast. And the beautiful thing about his company, his podcast, his show is that I've been following him. I've been following him because he is a great digital storyteller. He has the same mission. We're going to learn uh, more about his mission today. But Chris, welcome to the show. Thank you very much. Man. What a lovely intro. I feel blessed. Uh, and and I, I too, I'm honored to be in your presence today. <laughs> well, <laughs> I'm also we're- a follower. <laughs> let's uh let's give let's give our audience those of you that are listening those of you that are watching let's give them some great takeaways from this episode because i think you and i were both on this path that correct me if i'm wrong but something that i believe truly when i first started this show and no one was listening was that i wasn't alone yeah when i turned on the mic the first time i was convinced that even though no one was listening in the beginning, eventually I would connect to people like you that are doing the same type of work on a massive scale in the UK, not only in the UK, but you're connecting to brands all over the world. And yeah, yeah. Um, yeah, that's the thing that's really exciting for me. So please please, with our, share with our audience, what is it that you're building? What is Tech on Toast? Yeah, so basically, I, I was in operations like you for a long time, uh, about 25 years, um, ops director at various different brands in the UK, managing multiple sites across the UK. And the one thing that I always found difficult as tech came in was that I didn't really have a great understanding. And depending on the size of the brand, and over in the States, I think you have lots of huge brands, right? So you 300, 400 sites. In the UK, there's a lot of what we call mid-market brands, so anything from zero to 30, 45 sites. And the problem is with that, you don't have a CTO, you don't have an IT director. You've got an ops director who's great with people, great with experience, great with food, but actually isn't too knowledgeable about tech. So I found this gap, and I wanted to fill it when I came out of operations. Uh, the pandemic was, was uh, you know, a hard thing to go through. Came through it and then built Tech on Toast. And now we sit in between uh, the supplier and the operator. So we're almost like a broker. So we have a marketplace where we advertise all the different tech uh, people, Toast being one of them, I can see on your hat there. So they are they are a customer and they're great and they've just moved to the UK recently. Uh, and then we work with the operators. So we consult with the operators, we give them advice. And because we, we've got a foot in each camp, because we have operations experience yeah. and tech experience, we're able to kind of bring the two together. So we do lots of things. But I think the one thing you said that resonated with me was that when I first started, like you, episode one, uh, you know, one listener, probably my mum, <laughs> Uh, you know, my you mom didn't even early, listen. At least your mom listened. <laughs> yeah, well, she's just kind. Uh, and I, I think it's like playing a musical instrument, right? It's 10,000 hours of practice. 
and just keep going and going. And so I used to watch people think, God, how can they keep doing that? But actually, the more you do it, the better you get at it. And the more you start building a community. And Tech on Toast, more than anything, is a community. And it's about bringing hospitality people together. Like you said, whether you're a supplier or an operator, just having that community together has been so powerful. And this year is going to be even bigger. I'm sitting here looking at my diary for the next three weeks alone, and it's horrific. Uh, but all for good reasons, right? So um, it's been a really great journey so far. And yes, we're connecting in Europe uh, and over in the States, less so, but starting to build that journey now. So uh, it's, it's, I mean, our tech really gives you that tentacles, doesn't it, to go across the globe. So it's been really interesting. But in a nutshell, or as much of a nutshell as I can do, I'm a talker. That's it. <laughs> well, what's amazing to me is when you get down to, you know, the thesis of this show, Digital Hospitality, is that we're talking about the internet and how does the internet connect hospitality? And if the internet can connect hospitality here in San Diego or in the UK, or my backdrop is New York City or my wife's village in Bulgaria, no matter where you're intersecting with food and beverage and drink, hospitality is in our DNA. We're really good at it in real life. But you know these magical moments that this technology provides for us, it's really exciting when you realize now I see, you know, a company like Toast going in to the UK and going into London and seeing operators there trying it for the first time and going, oh, my God, I had no idea that this was a, this was possible. Can, first, let's go back to why did you name your company Tech on Toast? <laughs> uh, I, mean, I, could, I could make up some grand reason here, but it sounded good. <laughs> it, sounded good. it does I'm sound good. As I explained, like just, you know, the foot in each camp, I was trying to do something that resonated really about my background because I don't want to lose the fact that I loved ops, right? And our operations for me was my, I met my wife there and my kids came through, but my, my, my oldest son is now working in hospitality. So, you know, it's really in my veins and my, my mum and dad ran hotels when I was a kid. So I've always been around it and I think I just wanted to incorporate it into both. But yeah, uh, everybody loves the name. That's the one good thing I did, I think. <laughs> That's amazing. Uh, tell, bring me back to the beginning. Why, why start a show? Why start a podcast? Um, I think it was down to the community element. I'd, in the pandemic, I'd played with some podcasting. I'd, I was kind of calling up businesses and saying, hey, you're a start. I wanted to talk to startups and really understand the nitty gritty of what they'd gone through. And I'll be honest, I was bored and I had time on my hands in the pandemic and I wanted to talk because I, I missed people, right? I really missed yeah. the interaction with people. But when I started looking at the community, I thought, what's the best way to reach as many people as possible and get my voice out there without kind of, blogging or, you know, sending out, you know, constant LinkedIn posts or Instagram posts. And I found it as a really unique forum uh, that that kind of content, audio content can reach people in the bath, mowing the lawn, driving the car, you know, put, walking the dog, whatever. And it was a different way of reaching people. And I think that's what, and especially coming out of the pandemic, I think podcasts in general, obviously a lot of people were taking them in. So that's why I did it. And it's, it's the one best thing I've done. And when you started, what was your inspiration? Who were who were the other podcasters that you looked up to? There's a guy called uh, I don't know if you'll know Michael Tingsager. He runs something called Hostility Mavericks, I've, right? I've been on his show. Yeah, I oh, love really? there you Mike go. Great good man. So Mike and I worked together a little bit over um, just before the pandemic. We were doing some events and some networking stuff together, very briefly. But I found him a very um, actually very calming <laughs> to talk to, and he's super intelligent, which I'm not. So that really helped. And um, 
I've, I found him and, and he's and the guests he had on were really inspiring, right? So really, really clever people in the industry who were doing really interesting things and thought leaders. And I think that's something we can never not have enough of, right? We, thought leaders are what we need. Everyone needs to come out of their shell every so often and hear someone interesting. So yeah, Mike, Mike really inspired me. And there's another chap called Phil Street. I don't know if you've heard him. He runs something called Hostility Meets and it's a bit more fun. It's a bit more comedy. He talks to mainly hotel operators in the UK and Europe, but it's great fun. Uh, and I was the first guest on his podcast right at the start and it, I really enjoyed it. And I just thought this is a great way to keep talking uh, when we're not allowed to do anything else. So yeah, that was the inspiration. So I think one of the one of the things that I'm always curious about is, you know, back to what we were talking about in the beginning of how long the journey is and making that commitment to the consistency, despite that no one's listening and understanding, you know, because when when I'm talking to brands about launching a show and how much work is it going to be, you have the financial side of, well, what's the ROI? What's the yeah. R return on investment for yes. making this crazy commitment? to creating a show that potentially no one's going to listen to in the beginning. Can you, can you talk about the, the ROI of how much money it costs to buy the yeah. equipment, to set up the studio? And it, it's never enough. You, 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 you yeah. yet today you're still, you're still thinking about ways to continue to invest, to make your show better. As a podcast host, you get jealous, right? You get um, podcast envy of your fellow podcasters when they're, you know, who's got the best video? Who's got, I've got a lighting rig and all this kind of stuff. But you can start out for as little as $100, right? In terms of getting getting going. You can really like get a basic mic, run through your laptop, whatever it might be. But I think the, the quality in the content, I think is really important. As I said, if you want to capture people all over the place, it's really important to have that high quality content. So a microphone is key uh, and, and being able to kind of really, because when when they are mowing the lawn or walking the dog or outside in the, you know, with sirens going off around them, they need to be able to hear what you're saying. It's really important. And um, I, I went to an event once and someone said to me, our speakers are, are, are seen and not heard, which is quite interesting, right? So you can hear a speaker talk, see them, see them talking, but couldn't hear what they're saying. So it, it's, it's fairly low cost, but... The ROI is interesting. I, I've been speaking to a couple of clients recently where they want 10 episodes from scratch, you know, from a brand new, no audience. And yeah. I said, you need 50, you know, and, 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 you know, you need to, and it's a long game and the demographic you get back from it in terms of who's listening, it's very hard to then turn them into a lead as it would be that they might. So there's a lot of lead gen from a tech side. They want to, they, from a technology yeah. side, they want to hear about uh, who's listening. But in case of awareness, I can prove quite quickly um, through the stats that I've produced, and I'm sure you can too, that actually you can build a build a community very quickly and a journey very quickly, and you can reach so many people. So the ROI is always hard to define, uh, yeah. but I would stake my house on it that Tech on Toast wouldn't exist today without the podcast uh, and actually the customers we're now reaching, especially in Europe, in Spain, Germany, Italy, France, mm -hmm. um, are really starting to speak to people I never would have got near. And I say that to my customers, that if you want to reach these operators who are time poor, they don't have time to sit and watch an hour-long webinar, whatever it might yes. be, in, in their restaurants, get on a podcast, create some really nice, short content from your podcast, and then get it out there. And they will resonate with certain bits and jump on it. So it's a low-cost start if you want it, but you can spend up to thousands of dollars, right, in terms of kit and, uh, you know, making it sound brilliant. But um, I look at, um, I forget, the diary of the CEO. Yeah. Uh, yeah. And um, he has, I think someone told me 18 people working on his show. Um, 
I don't know how many you have working on your show. I have. I one. wish I had eighteen. <laughs> <laughs> but do you know what I mean? It just shows. I the wish diff- we've got an incredible team, but we're not at eighteen yet. No, yeah, my, all my it, team it feels is like great. eighteen. Yeah, it's all me. Uh, but yeah, but I think he's a. That's a great example of where I am and where he is. You know, in terms of sure. what you could do with the show. But yeah, and they're turning into TV shows, right? Some of these, they're, you know, they're they're huge. Absolutely. Can you share a little bit more on the event side of the business? Because we have the digital hospitality side where we can connect and build community online on all these different platforms, whether it's LinkedIn or TikTok or Spotify, Apple Podcasts, YouTube. But then the other side of it is from those events and you have somebody that's listening to your show or attending your webinars and you actually do something in real life. Can you, can yeah. you, can you share a little bit about that side of the yeah, business? We, we do the tech on toast brunch, which is again, in keeping with the yes. toast and the brunch. So they do tech on toast brunch. We run them and they started off as very sporadic. We were doing them when people wanted them. Now I run one every, uh, every other month. It's this year. It's going to be nearly every month um, through the year. And that's about, again, bringing the communities together on the 17th of January. We're in a, um, F1 arcade. Do you have F1 over there? The um, no, I've, I think stuff. they're built. I think they're building. They're, they're building. Coming, they're coming. And, um, coming, yeah. uh, and uh, I think they're coming on Vegas Strip. Someone's telling me. But um, yeah. F1 arcade are Formula One simulators, and uh, we're doing a brunch there with a company called Vita Mojo um, on the seventeenth. We put together a cool panel. We talk about industry issues and we bring together around thirty to fifty people, and then we put on brunch and we look after them. and And it's again hour and a half. We I always put my operator hat on and think. How can I involve people in our content without yep. taking away from their day, right? Um, so we do it an hour and a half, in and out. It can be, I feel like it's really quick, but they like it because they don't have to write off their day. So the operators yep. come along, they hang out. And first one was like 28 tech people and two operators. Uh, and now it's <laughs> <laughs> now the balance yeah. is shifting, right? And But I, what I'm really enjoying is the fact that the the tech guys are working together on this. They all, they'll attend each other's brunches and there's no real animosity. Yep. You know, it's not like competitive. It's just about community. And I think what you said before was really important. We can connect online, but doing it in person, there's nothing better. And I think that's where... You get the real value of what you've built or what you're building, and you really understand what you can do better. I mean, we've got a loyalty program we're launching this year and all sorts to to reward operators for attending our content um, just because we want to do as much as we can to say thank you um, because we appreciate it's not their job, right? Their job is to run their restaurant. So uh, to come and listen to us, we really appreciate it. So we try and lead with insight in those things. So in those brunches, we try and gather some industry insight and talk about that. So, you know, whatever it might be around retention or around food cost, labor cost, wherever it might be. So, but yeah, they're extremely popular. And uh, we are coming to Europe and doing one soon. And then the States, oh, maybe really? Sean, we, should, we should team up, Sean. We should do one in the States. Absolutely. You're all, you're always welcome here in the States. Anywhere I that like, I can I get like to. I'm losing absolutely. on the plane flare there, but. <laughs> <laughs> no, we this is a, this is a global community. Like I said, uh, you know, when I go, I'm I'm fortunate that every summer I go to Bulgaria with my wife, and um, just because right, of the right. internet, I can stay connected to people all over. And I and I talk to her friends that own coffee shops and that own clothing stores, and they tell me the same problems and issues that someone yeah. in Chicago has. Like this is this is all no n- nothing new. You know, we're we're no, all trying to to do the best we can to run our businesses. And Europe's really interesting, right? Because what what I would call mum and pop type businesses, uh, particularly in Europe, France, Italy, Germany, Spain, lots of one site businesses, you know, not these multinational businesses. They're all kind of smaller ones. And they're all, I think they have the opportunity now to use enterprise tech rather than just, 
you know, what we used to have. They were like looking through the window going, I wish we could get that. Now they can. Now they can access really great, like toast. You can put toast into the UK. I shouldn't probably quote this price, but um, a, a really low price, just in case it was an offer. But it's a really low price. And, I've, you know, I've, there's a couple of uh, coffee shops that work with me who've just taken toast on who are working with them for a great pause, right? Really yeah. great kit. For a business that would normally end up on, you know, without being rude, something like Zettel or Square, you know, so it's really interesting. And I, I think that's the exciting thing about tech, that you can really access brilliant tech, even if you're very small. I would love for you to talk about, we, we always say collaboration over competition. And one of the things that we love about Toast is that they truly have a rising tides mentality where... Yeah they embrace the reason why there are primary technology partners that they embrace so many of the other best in class solutions in a tech stack. When they came to the UK, can you give us an idea of how did they approach that being new kids on the block and, uh, and, and how did it go? Because we're, you know, obviously I'm, I'm friends with Phil, um, Phil Lovell. He does a phenomenal job. He comes out, he's, he's, he works very hard. I can't believe how much, how much work they're requiring him to do, but nonetheless, um, it's a tall task. It's a tall task to, to have a brand that's done so well in the U S and then, uh, come into a new market. And I think the UK is quite a mature market in hospitality tech. It's, you know, there's quite a lot over here already. And I think when Toast came, the most refreshing thing about it was the people. I didn't even know what the tech did at yeah. first. I, I, and, I, and actually, I didn't care because once I got to know the people, I was like, well, if these are the people they've got, imagine what the bloody tech's like. You know? <laughs> so like, anyway, and, and I think that was the most refreshing thing. And the first brunch we did with those guys, Gav, who's the global marketing director, yeah. I don't know if you've I do. Yeah, uh, yeah lovely guy, a uh, great runner. Um, um, but he he <laughs> said to me, I don't care about lead generation. I don't care about, he just said, I just want to bring people together and I want to understand what market we're walking into. And, I, and, I, and we really want to help. And since then, I've been doing stuff around charity. We're launching something together around autism, hopefully next year, this year, sorry. Uh, it's my youngest son is autistic. And they just... They're just different. I, I, I worked for the Hard Rock Cafe, right, for yeah. uh, eight years um, in wow. the UK and in the States for a bit. And um, they had a vibe about them. I can't explain a culture. You know where they have it written on the wall, do this, do that. This is how you yeah. should feel. But it really, really did. The people really walked the talk there. And I feel like Toast is the same. I feel like the people they recruit well, the people they hire into it seem to really sing the values that they have. And I think when they came over here, they faced some adversity because there are a lot of POS providers here and a lot of decent posture providers. But I, I think they're winning um, a very, uh, a, a, a war of attrition as it would be kind of, they're really kind of taking their time going through it. But I think their product's winning out. And I think that's the difference now over the last few months that I've seen. And um, as I said, to deal with them is so simple. It's so easy. And they're so, you know, they're such nice people that, that it makes it really easy. And hospitality, as you said at the start, is about relationships. And sometimes yeah. if your tech isn't working, that's fine. Apple breaks, Google breaks, right? It doesn't sure. matter. But if the people fixing it are good humans, then on you go. And I think I think that's the big deal. And, I, and I'm, I've also got a hat envy because I don't have a toast hat. And you do. <laughs> I will get you a toast hat. I've got I'll a guy. Straight after this. <laughs> I've got I've got a guy. I will send you I will send you your own toast I, hat. I appreciate it. Uh no, it's it's funny and ironic that you speak the way that you do, but I mean that's obviously one of the reasons why we love Toast and so many other partners that we have. But when we're talking about technology, people that are in technology need to be hospitable. They need to exemplify the things that we're talking about and the solutions that they're trying to provide for us. Because if they're going to provide it for us as owner operators, we want to feel heard. 
we want to feel responded to, right? I mean, these are just basic human needs that we have. And if you prioritize it with people, the technology, like you said, can be phenomenal. It can be best in class. Yeah. The people of how that they make you feel will make you a brand ambassador, will make you wear your own toast hat, will make you ask for a toast hat because it's that important because you care that much. Yeah, and I think uh, well, someone said hospitality is the way you make people feel. It's not yeah. what you did. It's the way you made them feel. And I, I don't know who said that. Someone better than me said that. But I, I think it's really, and it's one thing I used to teach my teams. I ran a, a big area at one point. I had like 50 sites that I used to look after. And I used to, it was all about keeping them together and making sure they felt as warm and fluffy about my job as they felt about theirs. Yeah. And I think when suppliers come in, that understand, that's not easy coming into this industry. I think sometimes, because they have targets to hit, they've got businesses to run, I get it. But hospitality is a challenge. I think you have to embrace it and you have to go two feet in. And what you find is after a while, that most of these suppliers love working with this industry. They love it because they we're different as well. Their customers are really nice to talk to, really exciting, unique concepts, great food, you know, and yeah. what's not to love. So I think I think that's been a big learning on the podcast because I bring on the people behind the tech uh, and I try and talk to them and expose who they are, why they built it, what they did about it. So that and that's that's been resonating with a lot of people who've since bought from those from those people. So yeah, it's 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 truly exciting. And I think only good humans will out in hospitality. I always think it's the you know the best for left standing. Give us, give us somebody that's listening to this, your, your ideas of how to simplify a tech stack. Oh, well, I think the, the first thing to do is start with the problem in mind. Franklin Covey said this, I think, start with the end in mind. So really look at the problem you're trying to fix. Uh, before you do anything, don't talk to anybody. Uh, just, <laughs> the problem is, as you may know, Sean, that if you get into conversation with a tech provider, you may be there a while or you yeah. may end up with a lot of emails. <laughs> so the best thing to do is, is really work out what the end result might look like. Now, it might be something to do with growth. It might be something to do with um, a particular people problem you have or an operational problem, but really try and look down the road and work that out. And then secondly, you mentioned this word before, what is the ROI? And one thing that we're not very good at in hospitality is putting metrics around stuff we buy. So when we buy a piece of tech, how do we measure the success of it? Now, obviously, most people will say to you, you're going to save time with our tech. We're going to automate this. You're going to get 30 hours back. You can spend more time with your guests and you'll be great. Now, that's probably true, uh, I imagine, but how we measure it is really important. So th those two things I would say all the time, just really look at the end result. And there's, there's one final thing is, is this, the dreaded word of integration. Um, now, I don't, most people can buy lots of different uh, pieces of tech, but really you need to look at integration and how tech, I suppose I could call it tech A or tech B, work together uh, and making sure that actually it is seamless because hidden behind those words are a lot of work for an operator potentially if you get it wrong, uh, like a lot of, it's boring, but downloading CSVs, downloading Excel right. sheets, manual input here, manual input there. So it's it's really key. So it's 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 about um, understanding the actual goal of what you're actually doing. Don't just buy it because it's pretty and someone gave you a good deal. Uh, it's about uh, the ROI on it. Will you actually do better out of this? Will your restaurant do better? And will your people adopt it? And then finally, it's about integration. It's about whether you can kind of really make sure that all the bits you have work together. And none of that is easy, which is why we exist. So yeah, none of that is easy. Do you have a story about a mentor in your life? Somebody oh, yeah. that made an impact I, on you? It's a certain story that changed your way of thinking? Yeah, a, a guy called Callum McPherson, who was the um, area vice president for Hard Rock Cafe globally. Um, and uh, he started off as a KP in Hard Rock London, the very first London in Park Lane, very first site. And Callum worked us all the way up to area VP. And when I met him, I was petrified of him. Uh, but he heard I was from Liverpool, so he loved the Beatles. 
And I remember him saying to me, oh, yeah, come and work for us. I love the Beatles too, which is a weird way to get hired, right? But anyway, <laughs> just spending time with him and their obsession with Franklin Covey and their obsession with people, right, really changed. I've always been very big on, you know, looking after the people you work with, treating people how you want to be treated. But Callum really showed me the way in how to commercialize that and actually be a great business manager as well as a people manager. And just watching some of the stuff we did, we did Live 8 in Hyde Park. We did the MTV Awards in Barcelona. We were we had some great times together. And um, I think just spending time with him and his team was absolutely revolutionary for me because um, it, it made me open my mind. And there's a, there's something that Frank Kobe talks about, about a paradigm shift um, and about the way you look at things differently and sharpening the saw. And all of those things, as I said, weren't just words. They were It was reality, and he taught me how to change them. So, yeah, so Callum McPherson, I don't know what he's doing these days. I think he might have retired. He did quite well in life. Um, but if he's listening, uh, thank you very much. And what do you do to pass on what he taught you? Uh, well, I literally, as I said, I'm using the podcast. That's my yeah. mantra. I mean, my kids, you've got kids, I know. I spend every day, there's a there's a big scandal in the UK about the post office. Um, I don't know if you've heard about it, but no. the, the, there was a post office scandal many, many years ago and uh, the government basically ripped off a load of people. And um, I was watching it with the kids last night and I said to them, look, no matter what you do in life, just be good to people because yeah. you can't get that back. And I said, just always make the right decision by people. And I think in the UK right now and probably globally, there's a lot of horrible stuff going on. And I think if we can all just be a, bit more mindful in the way we talk and treat people actually things get better and um so i spend my time passing that on i spend my time hopefully hopefully people listening agree with me uh, but listening to people trying injecting energy and fun into anything we do uh, and trying to make sure that people leave better than they found you can you share with us your otolo story how did you become a board member <laughs> yes, I told us an interesting one. That was um I was actually at a trade show running a panel um with four other operators talking and a chap on that panel wanted to get rid of Atollo. Um uh, he couldn't run it, he couldn't afford it, he was on his own and and myself and three other friends uh, got involved and we had a a government grant for 1.8 million pounds, which sounds magnificent and you would wonder why are you on this Chris? Surely you should be living on a beach. Well, I actually the government were involved again, and it was very difficult to get the money off them. Um, so, uh, but it was really, and that's all about mentoring kids back into hospitality. It's all about making sure that people stay in hospitality, that we improve retention. So I'm only there one day a month, um, but we've got a magnificent team who work in central London, who I'm going to see tomorrow, uh, who we sell leadership and development courses. Mentoring is a big part of what we do there. So uh, every single week on LinkedIn, uh, we do a weekly meetup. So digital hospitality leaders from all over the globe on Wednesday and on Friday. Uh, if you're listening to this podcast, we would love for you to join us. Your story matters. It's a chance for you to come on stage. Uh, it's actually one of the reasons why I got to connect today with Chris is because of one of our digital hospitality leaders, Adam Foreman of Captive Wi-Fi. Adam, yeah. this is a shout out. We love you, man. We appreciate you. I'm happy that you're part of the community. Uh, Chris, do you, is there somebody you want to give a shout out to? Someone do you know what? Uh, I can match you with Adam, but I, I want to, sh Adam is brilliant and he doesn't, he talks more than me, which is a challenge. Uh, <laughs> but uh, I think I want to give a shout out to Kieran Bailey, who's one of my business partners at, at Atollo and kind of a mate from Hard Rock from a long time ago. He's been absolutely fantastic over the last few years, supporting Tech on Toast when he doesn't get paid, he doesn't work for us. But you know, one of those people just steps up when you need it and yep. turns up with an invite or turns up with a panel guest or a microphone, whatever you might need. He's always there at my side. So yeah, big shout out to him. Uh, and whoever gives me a toast hat, they will also there be on the list. There you go. Uh, so I'm going to end with some of our favorite smartphone storytelling questions. So we believe that everyone is a media machine in their pocket. You don't need to yeah. ask for permission. Um, but I need to know, are you an Android user or, or an iPhone user? 
iPhone. iPhone. And which uh, which version? Oh, my God. I don't know. Uh, I'm on 14, 14, I think, iPhone 14. And do you always do a software update? Yes, I do. Uh, do you have notifications on? <laughs> yep. Yes. Uh, which which app do you get the most notifications from? Uh, at the moment, Notion. Notion. Ah, yeah. nice. Um, what is your favorite app? Ooh, Sky Sports. Sky Sports. Okay. What is your least favorite app? Uh, the, my banking app. <laughs> <laughs> That's good. Do you, do you prefer text messages or emails? Oh, can I say WhatsApp? You can say WhatsApp. Do you prefer yeah, WhatsApp? WhatsApp? Yeah, yeah, okay. yeah. I can't. Email is becoming less and less for me. It's it's painful. How many emails do you get a day? Uh, I would say between 25 to 50. And how many do you enjoy reading? Seven. <laughs> <laughs> what what uh, what music do you listen to? Which platform? Oh, uh, my, my, I'm literally got Spotify open next to me here. On the first one is a song from, have you, have you heard of Yellowstone? The uh, I have TV not. Group? Oh yeah, TV. of course. Yeah, yeah, yeah. The TV yeah, show. Yeah. So, uh, there's a uh, cool, there's a song from Yellowstone on there. But Oasis. Um, I'm a bit of a '90s kid, so Oasis. I don't know if you remember those guys. Anything from the '90s are on my list. Beautiful. Um, let's see. Would you prefer photos or videos? Videos. How many photos are on your phone? <laughs> Upwards. I've got three kids. Ten thousand at least. <laughs> <laughs> Ten thousand at least. Uh, I've got like seventy thousand. So just, uh, <laughs> it's a lot. I imagine. I mean, they're like the oldest one's seventeen. So I imagine there's a lot. <laughs> What's your favorite social media platform? Ooh, TikTok now. Why? Just learning it. Um, I think I love the interactivity of it, and I love. Uh, I think the algorithm on TikTok actually works better than any other social media apps I'm on. I might be wrong, but I seem to see more of what is me on there than I do on the other platforms. And what Maybe. is, uh, what's the best way for people to keep in touch with you? Oh, um, you can uh, find me on LinkedIn. I spend my life on there. So, uh, yeah. It's what, a, kind it's of, a, what, what tips do you have for someone that wants to create content on LinkedIn? On LinkedIn, uh, make it short and sharp to the point. If you, if you're uh, putting anything out in terms of insight, put the, uh, put it on a PDF and spread it across uh, a carousel. Uh, it's probably the most interactive piece of content I do. Anything I put across a carousel on seven or eight pages uh, is really, really well received. And email and also LinkedIn newsletters, very cool. Um, everyone's doing it, but do it well. I think you'll get a great follow. Subscribers are quick. That's awesome. Well, that's Chris Fletcher. It's Tech on Toast. Chris, I can't wait to come visit you one day. Uh, you are welcome. I will, make, I will make it to one of your industry events. I uh, look forward to it. And uh, whenever you come to the United States, let me know. We'll figure out a way to, to collaborate together. I will be there, my friend. Community Brunch. Where are you based again? I am in San Diego. San Diego. Not a, not a, bad, place, not a bad place to visit. Yeah, let's try that. I had a hard rock there, I'm sure, which is really cool. Yeah. Um, so, yeah. Let's do that. Look, thank you very much for having on. I uh, appreciate you and everything you do. Of course. As always, stay curious, get involved. Don't be afraid to ask for help. If you guys want to reach out to me, it's at Sean P. Walchef, S-H-A-W-N-P-W-A-L-C-H-E-F. We appreciate you and we will catch you all next week. Thank you. Thank you.